Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. As usual, I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find this podcast and all kinds of other content across all sports in the Colorado area, whether it's college sports, whether it's motorsports, whether it's all the major sports, Rockies, Avalanche, Broncos, Nuggets, everything is covered at MileHighSports.com. I am going to jump into a Gary Harris-themed podcast today because I would say for the past couple weeks, I've just been having this idea running through my head about what happens if the Nuggets do get vintage Gary Harris for a for most of the season next year what if he does go back to that level of player that he was a couple years ago when he was arguably the second best player on the Denver Nuggets and that thought just kind of kept running through my head so I decided to kind of talk my way through it instead so I'm going to talk about how how Gary Harris is Denver's x-factor in 2019-20 I'll talk about what it takes for Gary Harris to be Gary Harris again I'll talk about what he can do to elevate the Nuggets if he does get back to his former vintage self. And then I'll talk about what that does for Harris and for the Nuggets individually. Um, In addition to that, I do have four questions I got from listeners that I like that I will also answer. And I'll cover a quick news topic off the top as well. So it's going to be a fun pod. I love talking about Gary Harris. I think what he brings to this team is super underrated. Um, I spoke about this in the last podcast, but I really feel like Gary Harris has been the forgotten piece of this Denver Nuggets team because he has been um labeled as untradeable at different points he has been a guy who has been their second best player more often than he has not so i really want to get into why i think gary harris is going to have such a big year this coming year but what stands in front of him before we go any further though we got to pay some bills first and foremost got to give some love to the regulators production group they are at regulators regime on instagram they are the ones who made the beats for the intro and outro of this podcast for any audio production needs make sure to go find your way to at regulators regime on instagram or at rod simba on instagram that's r-o-d-s-y-m-b-a in addition to that the benefactor of the denver nuggets daily podcast is none other than terrapin care station they are the best when it comes to any of your candidates is goods than Denver metro area. So before we go any further, here's a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.
So there's only one quick little piece of news to really get into, and you know, because FIBA's coming up, we're not quite there yet. Mason Plumley has been practicing with the team, obviously. Tory Craig is a part of the select team, as we have talked about. Um, but beyond that, the one thing that I have noticed, uh, or that I saw come across as my Twitter feed, to be honest with you, is Thomas Welsh signed with the Charlotte Hornets. In their news release, there was not any indication of, of if it was a two-way contract or a 15-man roster spot, but it's cool to see Thomas Welsh get back into the NBA and stick with the team. Even cooler is that Steve Clifford, the coach over there, he is, well, Michael Malone is a very big fan of his, and, my, and Michael Malone and Thomas Welsh got on famously, so it sounds like Thomas Welsh landed in a good spot for him. So, for me, it's just so cool to see Thomas Welsh stick because he's such a good person. I've said before on this podcast, he might be the single nicest human being that I have ever met. He is so humble, works so hard, knows exactly how to fill his role as a great practice player, a phenomenal teammate all around. Will Barton called him his favorite rookie. It's just it's really cool to see him get an opportunity to stick in the league because he can bring a lot of things to a team, in my opinion, despite the fact that maybe he won't play tons of minutes on the court. His value value goes much further than just his play on the court. So that's all the news, though. I don't want to go too much further with that. Oh, one last thing. It's about halftime right now. Uh, the Spanish national team is taking on the Ivory Coast in an exhibition game, and Juancho Hernan Gomez has eight points, one rebound, one assist, and three block shots while hitting two of three of his threes. So I doubt the game will end by the time I'm done with this podcast, but cool to see Juancho playing well in the exhibition games. All right. Let's dive into the Gary Harris portion of this podcast, because that's why we are here. Um, first, I want to start out just by saying it is strange how forgotten Gary Harris is in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the Denver Nuggets. A lot of things have been overshadowed by the fact that Paul Millsap's extension, or Paul Millsap's option was picked up, Jeremy Grant was traded for, Jamal Murray signed his max extension. All of those things overshadowed the fact that the Nuggets did not get vintage Gary Harris last year, and it was mostly due to injury. So when you can look and try and project out to 2019-2020 season, it, Gary Harris becomes a very interesting talking point because there are obviously some things that he has to overcome to get himself back to being the best version of himself. But if he gets there, the Nuggets have so much to gain from having Gary Harris in a very real, big, significant role. Not like it was in the playoffs where he was the fourth or fifth option everywhere you look, but a real contributor and potentially a most improved player candidate. So I'm going to get into all of those things, but let's talk about just what things Gary Harris needs to overcome to get to that point. And obviously, the very, very first part of this conversation is his health. Gary Harris has to stay healthy for a season. And I'm not saying a full season. I'm just saying you need to play 70 games. And if you and if Gary Harris doesn't, if he has more lower body injuries, that injury-prone label is going to get extremely sticky on his name, and that's a very frustrating thing. But if he can get healthy, if he can stay healthy, if he can prove that he has the ability to play most of a season and be that Mr. Consistent like he used to be, that will help get Gary Harris back to what he was playing like before. The other thing that he needs is just more consistency, and this is tied into health. Basically, all of these things that I'm talking about are going to be tied into 
the health. Because when you start talking about his inconsistency scoring the basketball last year, he missed so many open threes. His finishing at the rim wasn't nearly as consistent as it has been. I mean, there were a lot of other things he was consistent with. He was a very good defender, and he was still a good teammate, and he was able to function very well in a team construct offensively. But it's the it's those just efficiency as a score that just didn't it just wasn't there. I mean, he shot under thirty percent from three last year. He was a guy who normally is an extremely strong finisher at the rim who kind of was just leaving shots short and it honestly looked like he wasn't getting the lift from his legs because he had been out for so long that he was not in midseason or playoff form by the time he came back. This is something Will Barton talked about when he talked to me for my podcast earlier this week. Oh, I'm sorry, last week, when he said, I'm a role player. He's like, I didn't get an opportunity to get myself into midseason form, into playoff form, because everybody else needed their touches, and I wasn't able to get myself into that consistent kind of role. And a lot of what comes back to that is just your comfort level after coming back from injury. And Gary Harris clearly had very little rhythm when he got back from his injury. And it's hard to develop that rhythm, like I said. The Nuggets were in the playoffs. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic were humming. Malik Beasley was helping a ton off the bench. Paul Millsap was filling in. For Gary Harris, trying to assert yourself into that equation when you're not even in midseason form yet was a very difficult proposition for him to deal with. So that, again, led to him being the fourth or fifth option whenever he was on the floor, which never allowed him to get that rhythm, get that level of comfortability within the offense. And just and not, not, I'm not saying that Gary doesn't know the offense. It's just that feeling of it's instinctual. This isn't a situation in which Gary Harris is methodically thinking his way through every single process trying to find where he fit. It almost looked like he was trying to force his puzzle piece to fit as opposed to just waiting to find the role. So now, when you start talking about going into next season, if he has the ability to get that comfort, to get that consistency back, you start talking about getting the Gary Harris who was who could potentially be a most improved candidate, a guy who was looked at as Denver's second best player. The next thing that I think Gary Harris needs to do to become Gary Harris again, and I kind of phrase it this way, take one step back to take three steps forward. As Gary Harris's game has continued to grow and he's played with the ball more in his hands and he's playing more pick and roll basketball and he's working as an initiator and he's attacking closeouts and honestly he's just putting the ball on the deck more often that also has come at the same time as him getting more and more injuries that have happened over the past couple years. So what that intersection does is that now Gary Harris is trying to expand his game without the consistency or the rhythm like I talked about before, and it led to his efficiency falling as a player. So... This is not to say that Gary Harris should stop trying to expand his game. That is the opposite of what I'm trying to say. But when he comes back, when you start heading into training camp as a player who could potentially be a very important third star kind of guy in that starting unit, then he needs to go back to being the pure off-ball threat that he was. Not entirely. I'm not saying eliminate the idea of dribbling from his game, but instead of trying to expand that part of his game and open it up and make it something that teams need to think about. Use it as a fallback option when the Nuggets need it. And I'll talk about this in a little bit, but picking his spots is very important because 
letting Jamal Murray have some time off ball and giving him an, like, a, basically a safety valve of another ball handler on the floor is a very helpful thing for Jamal. And Gary being able to do that is an important part of his growth as a player. But for the Nuggets to be at their best next year, I think Gary Harris needs to get back to the player he was in 2016-17, or at least split the difference from that kind of off-ball score to what he has been trying to grow into recently. So I think that what he can do is play a little bit less pick and roll. I think um, he played with a lot more pick and roll last year, which he was good, don't get me wrong, but it was on a small sample size, and his feel as a passer in the pick and roll was not quite where you wanted it to be. So to get back into the rhythm, to kind of just figure himself out again, don't jump right back into trying to be that initiator. Start taking open threes only. Play off ball. Be that rhythm guy that is coming off screens or running dribble handoffs with Nikola Jokic and every time your defender goes under a screen or he even slightly starts to cheat into the paint, let it fly because Gary Harris is such a talented shooter. Continue to defend his ass off. That is one thing he can always do and it will help set the tone for the rest of his game going forward. He can push the pace in transition. I think that's something else he can do in terms of not forcing himself on the game but still finding his spot. The Nuggets were not a super transition-heavy team, which I will talk about again in a little bit uh, in a little bit here when I start talking about what happens to Denver if Gary Harris does get back to himself. But the Nuggets can be a better transition team than they have been, and Gary Harris, when he is going, is one of the most terrifying transition players in the league. He's just so sneaky good at everything in transition, whether it's his handles being a little bit better than you expected, whether it's his quickness being a little bit better than you expected, whether it's his explosion to the rim being better than you expected, or just his shooting touch off the dribble. There are so many things he can do in transition that make it difficult to defend that would, in turn, then help the Nuggets, and I'll talk about those more in a second. And then again, play mostly off-ball, cut more like he was doing in 16, 17, 17, 18. Try and find flare screens and get guys to set pin down screens for him. Jamal Murray is a great screener and having Jamal Murray or another power forward like Jeremy Grant or someone setting screens to get flares to get Gary Harris getting the ball with movement, that's all going to help him. But taking one step back, taking three steps forward is just trying to let his offense come to him off ball and only asserting himself in transition when the Nuggets need him to and slowly getting himself into that initiator role, which he has slowly been working himself towards. So those are the things I think Gary Harris needs to do to get himself back to being Gary Harris again, is health, more consistency, that rhythm and comfort, and then taking one step back, take three steps forward by being more of an off-ball threat like he used to be as opposed to trying to get on-ball like he has been doing the past couple years. Um, if he is able to do that, the Nuggets are going to take big steps forward in my opinion. So these are the things that Gary Harris, if he is Gary Harris of old, that he needs to do to continue to help elevate the Nuggets. And I think one of the most important things, and this is going to sound kind of strange because there are so many things Gary Harris brings that the Nuggets need, but this one in particular I think is a big deal, and that's getting out in transition like I talked about before. Denver was only 12th in transition scoring last year, despite the fact that they have so many fast-paced guards who can play with the ball in their hands. They have so many bigs who can run the floor and are mobile, and can grab rebounds and push the pace, and so many shooters. They just weren't as good of a transition scoring team as you would have expected. But adding Gary Harris back to that mix, a healthy Gary Harris, like I said, the Gary Harris of old 
build a vintage Gary Harris, you're adding an extremely strong finisher at the rim, a very athletic wing player who can get end-to-end on the court extremely fast, and like I was talking about earlier, his handles have improved, especially in transition. He can really get into the teeth of the defense, and he has more creative moves than he used to have. He has been using Eurostep for a while, but he's using hesitations now, and spin moves, and the timing to get guys leaning different directions. He's no longer just relying on his athletic ability anymore, or his quickness, or his explosion. These are more mental approaches to the game, to where he is thinking about how to tear these defenses apart in different ways and this is the thing he's still damn strong and damn quick he can still get off the ground in a hurry and he still has a very underrated first step when he is under control he gets out of control when he's dribbling sometimes because I still think he's thinking too much but regardless of that when he is in that zone when he is comfortable with the ball in his hands his first step is very very good so I think that Gary Harris Adding a healthy Gary Harris to the Nuggets roster from last year that was 12th in transition could be a huge boost. And that's without talking about the fact that Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant, depending on how they fill in, those guys are also going to help Denver quite a bit in transition as well. But Gary Harris can really help speeding up the game, quicken the pace, turn defense into offense, things like that. And then to be the deep route for Nikola Jokic. People forget that Nikola Jokic and Gary Harris, they were the full court connection that basically took over the mantle of best full court connection in the league from Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. That They really became that tandem. And we didn't see much of that last year because Gary Harris was hurt for so much of it. So I think getting that kind of transition opportunities again for this Denver Nuggets team could be a huge deal because not only can you beat teams down in the half court because clearly they can because the Nuggets have the greatest passing big man of all time in Nikola Jokic, but being able to run teams as well, you can now win in different ways offensively. And that just makes the Nuggets more dynamic than they were. And that's the first thing. The second thing, which this is probably the most important thing, is just being a consistent off-ball scoring threat is going to open the floor for the Nuggets so much. If he can hover around 40% from three, or even just above 38%, that's huge. Take every single wide-open three that he gets. Just launch. Doing that, becoming that three-point shooter, that level of a three-point shooter again for Gary Harris, it is going to stretch the court so wide because you already have to worry about Jamal Murray being that guy. You have to double Nikola Jokic or you're defending him straight up and you cannot help off of him. In addition to that, you have guys like Paul Millsap who can hurt you if he has a mismatch or you have Jeremy Grant on the floor for that. Who knows who you have at three, whether it's Torrey Craig, who's big and strong, Michael Porter Jr. is a mismatch nightmare, or Will Barton, who can do anything offensively. Having Gary Harris out there is going to make everybody so much better if he is hovering around that 38 to 40% from three mark, and if he's just letting go every time he's open. I'm talking Clay Thompson green light if he's open. Like, Gary needs to be shooting. I know this sounds weird because Jamal Murray just got a $170 million max contract extension, but the Nuggets need more than a two-man game. That was their biggest issue against Portland, in my opinion, and honestly, San Antonio, is that the offense devolved into just Nikola Jokic and Gary Her- or Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray running a two-man game over and over and over and over again, and there was no one else that the team was worried about 
you know, hurting them, the you know, the opposing team, Portland or San Antonio, other than those two guys. Millsap had his moments. Will Barton off the bench had his moments. Torrey Craig was a good shooter, but not on a high volume. There wasn't a whole lot of a threatening off-ball scorer at all on the floor that had to be respected at all times. So it devolved into that two-man game. Having Gary Harris as that off-ball scoring threat, cutting off of, um, you know, Getting back to being that off-ball cutter, hitting, um, just being a spot-up shooter, he was a freakishly efficient spot-up shooter for a long time there. Attacking closeouts, just having that off-ball gravity, it will completely change the dynamic for the Nuggets because Nikola Jokic, with just that much more room, is going to be that much more unstoppable. And this is the thing too, scoring off cuts is another very interesting part of this for an off-ball scoring threat, in my opinion, because now... When you look back, let's say 18 months ago, to the very start of last season and the very end of the season before, defenses were managing to take away the backdoor cut and different cuts that the Nuggets were getting uh, in terms of Jokic hitting Gary Harris as a cutter. And it kind of just disappeared because defenses knew it was coming. Now that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray have that chemistry and they are such a lethal tandem together in a two-man game, I think there's going to be even more room for Gary Harris to get back to being that kind of off-ball cutter because if, when they're running a DHO at the top of the key or a dribble handoff or a pick and roll between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic you have two people up and one person cheating in immediately ready to pick up whoever gets by or if Nikola Jokic gets the ball too far down low that means that Gary Harris or somebody else depending on what the situation is is going to have their defender cheating away from them which will immediately start a rotation if teams pr- try and play Denver straight up Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray can do whatever they want for the majority of the time but when you start talking about Gary Harris being able to keep defenders out of the paint or if they do cheat in force the rotation and get a defense scrambling and still find the open seam that's what's going to make his cut so much more lethal again Gary Harris was a receiver in high school he knows exa- and he was a very good one he could have been in the NFL from what a lot of people say he knows how to find the soft spot on the court And because of that, with how much more gravity exists now that Jamal Murray has become this version of Jamal Murray, which was better than the last time Gary Harris was healthy, now there should be even more room for him to use those cuts. In addition to all of this off-ball scoring, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and that is the fact that if Gary Harris can hit around 40% from three and is willing to take those shots, and he's getting very, very dangerous off cuts, what that is going to do is to force teams to play him close, which means Gary Harris will be able to attack closeouts again more so than he has been able to do for the past couple years. And if he's able to get those those closeouts that he can attack again, he is going to to be a ferocious finisher at the rim or he's going to collapse the defense to where he can start showing off his improved vision and handles. This is where I'm talking about taking one step back to take three steps forward from earlier. This is where Gary Harris can show off his improved handles, his improved vision, his improved ability to get the ball to where it needs to be. He can now break down a defense after attacking closeouts, find Jamal Murray in the corner, find Will Barton on the wing, find Nikola Jokic cutting her at the high post. That uh, All of those abilities now become much more applicable and functional in terms of the overall team construct and the offense than they would be within him just trying to go out there and assert himself on the offense in a way that he has not done before. So all of those things are extremely important to him being able to be that off-ball scoring threat. It's going to be something that he needs to add and get back to, or not even add, just get back to doing because if he does, the rest of his game is going to open up quite a bit. 
The other part of Gary Harris expanding his game and being a willing initiator and play with the ball in his hands more is that, like I said, he can pick his spots. It's important that he does. And one of the most important places for for him to pick his spots is to be a ball handler when Jamal Murray either has struggles, is getting tired when there needs to be a change of pace because teams are starting to sit on that two-man game more often. To be that secondary, if you want to call it that, or tertiary playmaker behind Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, to be that safety valve that would allow him to play with the ball in his hands, but to still be the off-ball threat that the Nuggets need him to be. When you look at synergy stats, which are noisy, I will absolutely cop to that, but Gary Harris was in the 80th percentile as a pick-and-roll scorer last year, and that to me is extremely surprising because he didn't finish very well at the rim and he didn't hit nearly as many of his threes as he should have so if he can continue to grow in that way but take steps marginally not uh, not assert himself on the offense in that way it could be a big way for the nuggets to kind of you know get the best of both worlds of get the initiator gary harris while still getting the off ball gary harris while also helping improve jamal murray and nicole Jokic's game simultaneously that's the thing about gary harris and i haven't talked about his defense yet which let me just say this way there's not much to talk about with this defense just lock down other guards like he has been doing like he did in the playoffs he is a ferocious defender and that's all i need to say but for him to elevate the nuggets for gary harris can do everything to make them better in every way that's the brilliant part of what gary harris does for this denver nuggets team he adds a lethal shooter he adds a lethal finisher a guy with an expanding game with the ball in his hands a very very good defender all of those things and that means that not only does he raise denver's ceiling because their offense could be so good and their defense could be so much better but he can also raise their floor because he was the most consistent player on this team people forget that when everything kind of went wrong, Gary Harris stayed steady every single time. So if Denver's floor is raised and their ceiling is raised, you start talking about Denver being a championship contender if Gary Harris can get back to his 2016-17-17-18 type seasons. They absolutely jump into that category because Gary Harris was knocking on the door of a top five shooting guard in the league at that point. So... I, if Gary Harris can be Gary Harris again, he not only elevates Denver's floor, but also their ceiling. I mean, just think about how much more defensive consistency they would have with Gary Harris on the floor, with Jeremy Grant in the rotation, with Paul Millsap healthy. They can just do so many things defensively now with Gary Harris's addition as opposed to not having him. Because Malik Beasley, for all of the things that he grew doing last year, was not a good defender. He was really, really bad. So when you have Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, I don't care how you build that defensive uh, you know, grouping, but you can build a dominant defensive lineup and a team that is versatile enough that you can build a top seven defense. That's not off the table with the addition of Jeremy Grant and the possible addition of a healthy Gary Harris. It's not. They were top 10 last year. So moving three spots up is not crazy at all. And then their offense becomes even more difficult to defend. You're talking about a top three offense if you get that version of Gary Harris. Just because they did lack a consistent off-ball threat so much this season, especially with Will Barton also being out. So in my opinion, man, this Denver Nuggets team, if they get a healthy Gary Harris, is not only 
only going to surprise teams again and surprise fans alike and national media members and even the local media members who do believe in this team quite a bit like I do, but they could absolutely become the greatest Nuggets team that has stepped on a floor in recent memory. Of course, you can go back to the dominant 60-win team or whatever it was back when, back when it was the ABA, but as the Nuggets are constructed right now, since they have been the Denver Nuggets, this may be the most talented team they have ever put together, and it will require Gary Harris to be Gary Harris again, but if they are, man, watch out. This is going to be a special Denver Nuggets team in my opinion. Alright, last but certainly not least is me answering questions that came in from listeners. I'm just going to dive in. I only picked four just because I knew I would talk for too long about Gary Harris, and I have. So let's just start with Miroslav's question, which is, are the Nuggets better or worse if Gary Harris becomes their second best player again? This is a loaded question, because if Gary Harris is the Nuggets' second best player again, it likely means Jamal Murray did not take a leap, which is going to be worrisome in an entirely different way. But in terms of Will the Nuggets on ter- on a pure talent level be better? Of course, they would be more. They would be better. Jamal Murray is. This is, in my opinion, this will be the worst version of Jamal Murray. Who knows how hard it will for how hard it'll be for him to continue to expand his game and fine tune. But this now is going to be the floor for Jamal Murray, in my opinion. So if Gary Harris jumps back into that second best player again conversation, where he is potentially better than Jamal Murray, the Nuggets are going to be significantly better for it. So I do think that's a very, very, very. <laughs> if that's the case, the Nuggets are as happy as possible because they have a legit big three at that point if these players continue to grow as they have been growing throughout these years. Matthias uh, Matisek, I believe I said the name wrong, but I probably, I don't know, we'll see. Um, if Gary Harris has another injury or does not bounce back, when do the Nuggets start to evaluate him versus Beasley at the long-term shooting guard solution? This is also a loaded question because it requires Malik Beasley to continue to prove himself as a strong contributor as well. So let's live in a world in which in which Malik Beasley is a 38% three-point shooter again next year, averages 14 off the bench, plays 22 minutes, and is better defensively let's just live where he just takes a slight step forward right if Gary Harris has another injury I would say by the end of this season if Gary Harris cannot get back to his former self or something that at least resembles it then the Nuggets are going to have to have that conversation because Malik Beasley is a restricted free agent after this year so if they don't believe in Gary Harris which they do right now by all accounts the Nuggets have complete faith in Gary Harris But if it continues to not work and he continues to get hurt or doesn't take a step forward or whatever it is, then I do think the Nuggets have to seriously consider finding a way to keep Malik Beasley and then we'll see what happens from there. That's going to be a very interesting conversation to have at the end of this season when the Nuggets have to have a conversation about Malik Beasley's contract situation. Uh, Capwiz asks, percentage chance that Gary Harris gets traded next season? I hate but love this question because it illuminates two different things. First, I don't think the Nuggets have any intention of trading Gary Harris. They love Gary Harris. Michael Malone loves Gary Harris. Tim Connolly loves Gary Harris. He's the longest tenured player on the team. He has great relationships with everybody. He was the only player who went to Serbia to go see Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic and him just have this connection. Um, And that's not to say people didn't want to go. There were a lot of players who also were like, I ain't trying to go to Serbia this year. But at the same time, Gary Harris has been to Serbia a few times since going to basketball without board. So, with all that being said, 
with all of those reasons why he would stay. If a star player becomes available, the Nuggets have a poison pill provision with, with Jamal Murray, meaning it's virtually impossible to trade him. So that means the only blue trip young player that the Nuggets have that isn't named Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray is Gary Harris because Michael Porter Jr. does not have any kind of value like Gary does next to his name. So I think that the percentage chance of Gary Harris getting traded has gone up only in the event that a star player becomes available. But And that's only because, in my opinion, it's Gary Harris's name only because Nikola Jokic is not being traded and it's virtually impossible to trade Jamal Murray. So that's just looking at it on like a mathematical level. So I do think the percentage has gone up. Last question, Nando Luna. What factors other than injury do you think made Gary Harris slump last season? I honestly think that he didn't know exactly how to fill the role that was that he was playing just because he wasn't in midseason form. He wasn't comfortable yet. He had not gotten into a rhythm and then he had to find his way to help in the playoffs and that's just a lot to ask for a player so I don't think there's a whole lot of reasons because I think every reason that connects him to his slump has to do with his with just the fact that he was not on the court for so much this year so that's really where I think I would leave that but that is it thank you guys always for sending in questions and letting me answer them I appreciate it but this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast and until next time I hope you guys have a great rest of your day